0: good morning everybody good morning. yes look at that that was more um enthusiastic than perhaps what i had on the stage a minute ago when i said good morning And i kind of got my usual year nine response <laughs> good morning mr Wright. and on a friday morning i'm like no, no 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 no, we've got to do that again but good morning it's an absolute privilege uh, to be able to welcome you this morning to our church gathering uh my name matt i'm one of the elders and worship leaders here And uh, Craig's going to be bringing a message to us this morning, which I'm excited to hear. Not that I've heard it already, but I'm just excited to hear what God's placed on his heart for us this morning. Um, Now, I've been told it's a birthday today, and we normally sing uh, happy birthday to people whose birthday is on the Sunday that we're here. And it's Sam. Sam, give us a wave at the back, Sam. Uh, That's it, stand up. (laughs) So we're going to sing happy birthday, and it's God bless you. Uh, we might as well say God bless you dear Sam
1: happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday
0: to Sam happy birthday to you <laughs> lovely well Sam we do wish you a happy birthday we hope that you have Had a fantastic bank holiday weekend and you've got some photographs, that's it. I saw them this morning to show if you want to see Sam and what she's been up to over this bank holiday. Now, I also just want to give a little bit of a shout out. As you come in every Sunday morning, you'll be greeted by our host team. And um, we're always looking for for friendly, smiley faces uh, to welcome people as they come in. So if that's something that you think you could perhaps serve in some way here at church then please have a chat with Sue. Sue's at the back over here. Just give us a wave, Sue. Yeah, everyone's having a wave this morning, that's it. See, Sue, if you'd like to take part in some hosting. And we wanna just pray uh, and thank God for Sharon and for Robin who, uh, this is their last Sunday hosting with us, so they're at the front, they're probably not gonna hear me necessarily, but we just wanna thank them for their service as well. So can we just give these guys a round of applause? Thank you very much for your service. In hosting, lovely. Isn't it good to be here? You kind of had a slight delay on that one. (laughs) I think it's good to be here. And wasn't it great to again be sat in front of a TV and just to publicly see Jesus' name on our television screens yesterday? Yeah, it really, really was. Really, really was. And it was just, like I said, amazing to just have a look and see that actually... In a world where we think that God is not very visual, perhaps, in the media. Actually, there's been countless times this year where we can really see that those that are in power have got Jesus' power behind them. So I'd like you to stand, if you're able to. I'm going to read from some scripture this morning. So I'm going to read a little bit from Psalm 96. Psalm 96 says this. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. And it goes on to say, let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. And as I was preparing for this morning, that was very much on my heart that we come on a Sunday morning we sing praise to God but when we're singing do we give him control of what we're singing do we give him control of our life or do we just turn up in our control and leave in our control so I really want to encourage you this morning that as we sing as we worship just let God in let him into those situations that you might be struggling to let him in right now so let's just pray before we sing Heavenly Father, thank you that as that psalm says that you are Lord of all. Lord, that we can just raise up our voices. We're going to sing to you this morning. And Father, I pray that you will move amongst us. We come expectant. We come expectant to just know you that little bit more this morning. And whether that is through the conversation, Lord, that we've had with people as we've come in. If that's through our worship time, Lord, just minister to us it's through the words that you've given craig lord we are just here excited wanting to just see what you will do for us because we know that you are the god that can move mountains we know you are the god that can intercede into every little part of our life if we are just brave enough to let you in And lord i just pray for everyone here this morning that they are brave enough to just fall on their knees and give everything over to you this morning And in one voice, everyone said, Amen. Amen. We're going to start by singing Lord of all the earth.
1: Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name, filling up the skies with.
0: this morning already we wait here expecting for you we come before you expecting for you to do great things Lord we might not know when those great things will happen but we stand here this morning with our hearts open our arms lifted in praise just knowing that in your timing you will use each one of us to do great things so Lord come and minister to us
2: and every created thing which is in heaven and on earth under the earth on the sea all things in them I
0: heard saying to him who sits on the throne
2: and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory
3: and dominion forever and ever Mm. and the four living creatures kept saying Wow.
1: Even when I don't feel as you're working, you never stop. man is alive.
0: father you are the cornerstone and we lift you up this morning as being the lord of all the god of the small the god of the big that we can as the bible tells us just call upon you and rest easy within your presence lord all we've got to do is just lend out a hand and we know that you will drag us right up from the pits of despair Lord, as we've been singing, I just feel that there's someone this morning that just needs to be lifted up. Lord, I pray that you will give them a real sense that you can lift them up this morning. Because you are holy. You are the Lord God Almighty. And it doesn't matter how far we've fallen, Lord Jesus, you can pick us right up. Father, I just pray that you will challenge that person this morning to just reach that hand out as any father would do for their child. To just reach out. Reach out this morning. If that's you, just reach out to him. Reach out. Amen. And just before the children uh, go upstairs to, to their sessions, let's just pray for them. Heavenly Father, I just pray for the young minds we have in this church Lord thank you that we've got so many thank you that they not only uh, listen but they serve in many different ways Lord we just pray that as they go up this morning Lord that you will just bless their time bless the leaders thank you for their preparation, thank you for their work that they do in uh, just educating our lovely young people in just who you are Lord, let them come downstairs with a light that burns for you this morning. Father, we just ask all this in your precious and holy name. And as a church, we prayed for them by saying, Amen. 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 So, children, if you want to disappear off now, thank you for your time with us worshipping this morning. We pray that you have an equally blessed worship time this morning. And we're now going to invite Barbara up for our own prayer time this morning.
3: What a wonderful coronation weekend we're having, and another day off tomorrow. It's wonderful, isn't it? And I want to begin by reading part of Psalm 72, which is about the king, but of course all these psalms really are about our King Jesus. Isn't it wonderful that we are here to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Psalm 72, give justice to the King, O God and righteousness to the king's son. Help him to judge your people in the right way. Let the poor always be treated fairly. May the mountains yield prosperity for all and may the hills be fruitful because the king does what is right. Help him to defend the poor, to rescue the children of the needy and to crush their oppressors. May his reign be as refreshing as the springtime rains, like the showers that water the earth. May the godly flourish during his reign, and may there be abundant prosperity until the end of time. Long live the king. May the gold of Sheba be given to him. May the people always pray for him and bless him all day long. So we're going to begin our prayers by praying for the King and for thanking God that we're in a country where there is still a Christian service for the coronation and where the Bible is presented to the King as the most precious thing this world affords. So let's pray. Yes, we thank you so much, Father, for all these wonderful things that we experienced yesterday when we watched that service. And we want to thank you for the Bible that was presented. And Lord, we just want to thank you that the king came forward and said he was there to serve the people, not to be served. And we recognize that he was following Jesus by saying that. And so we pray for our king and queen. The heavy crown symbolized the weight that he has to bear in his kingship. So please bless him with your holy spirit and please help him as he seeks to serve us and help us lord to support him and now lord you are the god who answers prayer and so we want to thank you for things that have happened within our own church fellowship this week especially lord we want to thank you for sarah and her answer to prayer about her house and uh, lord you do hear our prayers too we know that, that's how you can answer them. And so we do pray for Craig and we pray for Ian mm-hmm. as they prepare to go to Burkina Faso to see Kate. And we pray for Mal as he mourns Carrie. Mm-hmm. And we ask you just to very, come very close to him. And now especially, Lord, we ask you to bless us as a church We pray for ourselves as we enter a moment, uh, a month of prayer for guidance for the future. We pray, Lord, that we will come to a united decision as to which way to go over our building possibilities. Lord, you have brought these to our notice and so we come to you and pray that by the end of the month we will all be of one mind as to what should happen. We come and bring this to you now we pray for Craig as he brings your message today. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.
2: Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. morning. is it wonderful to worship? <coughs> is that a wonderful time of worship? Yeah. And I do just want to sh- give a little shout out there to Evie. Wasn't it wonderful yeah. to see someone so small, <laughs> belting a voice out like that before a whole room of adults. If that's not the leading of the Holy Spirit, who knows, you know, what is. So praise God for that. Good morning and welcome to any uh, people who are visiting us. You know, we do hope that we live up to the name above the door. Uh, please hang around after the service and uh, grab a tea and coffee and uh, just engage in some fellowship with us. We'd love get to know you. Now I'm going to make an apology at the beginning of today's service. Everything was going wonderfully well this morning in preparation to come here until I decided to clean the lenses on my glasses and they snapped in half. So uh, I can't see any of you at the minute Um, so that's going to be an interesting journey but I've taped the glasses as best as possible um, I'm going to leave them until we actually open God's Word to try and sustain the length of them. Um, but, you know, if uh, if you see me go off-paced on what for whatever reason, that's the, that's the reason why. But my, my dear brother has jumped in and offered his glasses. He sacrifices his, his vision for me. That's... Uh, praise God for that. Couple of notices. Um... Please put in your diaries that on the 25th of May uh, we will be holding Carrie's Celebration of Life service here at 11 o'clock. So it's 11 o'clock on the 25th of May. So please continue to be praying for Mal and for the family as we prepare for that service and that time which will be difficult for the family. So please put that in your diary and if you're free and able please come and join us. Uh, Wednesday worship, which I believe was due this week, has now been moved to the 11th. Seven, there you go. That's my first mistake. <laughs> to the 17th. And it does even say 17th on my notes. Um, so please just make a change on your, um, on your notes there. Please don't turn up here on Wednesday expecting uh, the, the, the worship service. As Barbara has quite rightly said, myself week, uh, Monday week, myself and uh, Ian are flying out to Africa to visit Kate. Um, And as we mentioned last week, today uh, we encourage you to prayerfully consider um, donating to that. First and foremost for us to be able to uh, buy, not only bless the street vendors out there, and in doing so, buying lots of T-shirts and uh, flip-flops and bits and pieces for the uh, the street kids, um, but also toward the trip itself. It's not it's not a cheap trip, I can tell you that. Um, so, if <coughs> excuse me, I've got a, a slide here. If uh, Tony, if you'd be kind enough to put that up on the screen. If you would like to donate uh, directly to the, bank, the church's bank account, there's the details. Take a photo. Um, and if you can put as your reference, Africa will just know that that money needs to go toward that. Failing that, if you can't see it or you can't get a photo of it, it's the same account details that's above the letterbox in the foyer. If you'd like to give cash this morning then please do so by placing it directly into the letterbox in the foyer, and then we can make sure that that gets allocated accordingly. One other request, we are due to land um, on Saturday the 20th of May at 10.30 back at Heathrow. If someone is willing to come forward uh, uh, to pick, uh, to do a pick up on that day, please come and chat to me after the service. Thank you. Last thing, this is just visitors, please ignore this. This is for our regulars, those who call this home, particularly parents. Can I just please ask that after the service, we love the fact that we can bless our little ones with a little snack and some biscuits, but can we just ask that you um, keep an eye on your children when they're eating the biscuits? Because what, unfortunately, what's happening at the minute is, quite understandably, they're all excited. They want to run around and talk about Jesus because of their their lessons upstairs. They get excited. They crumble the biscuits on the floor. People then walk all over the floor. And before you know it, our hosts are left scrubbing the, the biscuits out of the carpet, you know, way long after everyone's gone home. So, if we can just politely ask to, you know, we, we really don't mind the kids having having biscuits and juice and things. You know, they need their sustenance. But if we can just ask them just to keep an eye, just just for you to keep an eye on them, uh, encourage them, maybe just to sit down when they're eating that, and then they can get off, get up, and do what they need to do. Uh, I would really appreciate that. Is that okay? Wonderful. And the last thing as well is, as Barbara has said, we last week we presented to you the proposals to try to relieve the pressure that we are finding in the church with space, both up in the kids' departments and also here in the main building. Last week you would have seen an email, I hope you would have seen an email, come out by the prayer team um, who have prepared some various opportunities for us to praise the church. Uh, one is 6.15 on a Monday morning, which is on Zoom for half an hour. Uh, there is, for you who, who don't like going to bed early, there's one at 10 o'clock, or is it 10 o'clock? 10 o'clock on a Monday evening that you can join on Zoom as well. And then we've got our Wednesday prayer, which is going to be focused on that as well. And there'll also be a couple of other bits and pieces we might throw in ad hoc. Can I just also say, I know I mentioned last week um, that th- this will be a month of prayer and also some periods of fasting that doesn't mean you have to fast for the whole month. That was periods of fasting, okay, which we will tell you and invite you to, co- uh, to take part in when we, when we come to those. Wonderful. Okay, here we go. Pray for my glasses. I said this morning, and my, mum, my mum's here today, my mum will remember, this reminds me of my, when I was a kid, because I spent most of my days at school covered covering my glasses and sellotape so today my glasses are covered in sellotape. All is well. Well, after taking a few weeks off over Easter to focus upon our Lord's death and resurrection, we now return back to the Gospel of Luke, which we spent the last two years journeying through. This wonderful letter that Luke wrote to this person called Theophilus. Jesus is nearing Jerusalem. His primary purpose for coming to the earth will soon come to pass and because of this we will see an escalation in intensity and urgency in Jesus's preaching and teaching as he challenges not only the religious leaders of his day but also his disciples as we will see in today's challenge. Over the next two weeks we'll be looking at what is a Uh, a dangerous and um, potentially damaging area of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Today we'll be looking at this through an exchange between Jesus and the religious elite of his day, those put in charge of his people. And then next week we will look as Jesus brings a similar charge to his disciples Of whom we are still today. So if you have your Bibles with you, please open to Luke 11. We're nearly halfway, which means you've only got a couple of years before we finish. (laughs) Luke 11, starting at verse 37. I'm reading from the ESV. While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and reclined at table. The Pharisee was astonished to see that he did not first wash before dinner. And the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness, you fools. Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give as alms those things that are within, and behold, everything is clean for you. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mints and rue and every herb, and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you Pharisees, for you love the best seats in the synagogue and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves and people walk over them without knowing it. One of the lawyers answered him, Teacher, in saying these things you insult us also. And he said... Woe to you, lawyers, also, for you load people with burdens hard to bear and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with, your, uh, with one of your fingers. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets whom your fathers killed. So you are witnesses and you consent to the deeds of your fathers, for they killed them and you build their tombs. Therefore, also the wisdom of God said, You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who were entering. As he went away from there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to press him hard and to provoke him to speak about many things, laying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. My Heavenly Father... Lord, what a privilege it is for us to be able to open your word this morning. Lord, we recognise that your word is life and we have the freedom without the persecution of having to do this in uh, in, in, in private to be able to open your word, to read your word, proclaim your word and apply your word. And we pray this morning Lord, that you give us ears to hear, eyes to see, particularly me this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So Jesus has just been ministering to a crowd and he is invited by a member or someone within the crowd, a Pharisee, we are told. Never one to give up such an opportunity. Jesus agrees. But as we have read within no time at all, he seemed to intentionally provoke and upset the hosts by not washing his hands. Now, there was a reason why Jesus didn't wash his hands in this moment, and that was to make a statement, a statement that would highlight to those present that they had lost sight of, the, uh, of what is proper, in God's eyes and become consumed by their own man-made rituals. In the context of this dinner the washing of their hands wasn't simply for cleanliness and hygiene as we may do so today but it had become a non-biblical ritual that they would follow quite probably birth from the ceremonial washings hundreds of years ago It was a ritual which would have looked very religious on the outside and probably, you know, very grand on the outside, but would have had no bearing whatsoever on the inner life or the holiness of those Pharisees or those lawyers. When challenged, Jesus uses the simple analogy of the objects present at the dinner to highlight the hypocrisy in which the the religious leaders were living and acting and practicing he says in verse 39 now you pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish but inside you are full of greed and wickedness you fools he says when jesus says that you should sit up and listen you fools did not he who made the outside make the inside also and give us arms these things that are within and behold everything is clean for you in essence jesus is challenging them by saying what good is all of this external pomp and ceremony of cleaning your hands if you don't deal with your impure defiled greedy and wicked souls, hearts, minds and actions. On the outside you may be clean, but you must deal with your inside so that the whole of you is clean. Give these these things up to God through repentance. Cleanse your inner self and the mercy and love of God will flow through you to the people that you are have been placed to lead and to shepherd. But then to make his point further, Jesus shares with the Pharisees three examples of their hypocrisy. Now what is important for us to understand is the tone in which Jesus shares these six examples to the Pharisees and also then to the scribes. This isn't a light-hearted conversation that Jesus is having with them, just sharing his thoughts on things about their attitude. Nor is he, is, it, um, is he in a conversation, you know, as they laugh and joke about things, and he's just passing comments at the table. Jesus is making a very clear to them the gravity of each of these examples we're about to hear by his word woe, the woe that he uses at the beginning of each of these examples. Now the word woe can be used to express such things as grief, as anguish, as affliction, wretchedness, calamity or trouble. According to the dictionary of the Bible, there are three primary uses, primary uses of the word woe in the Bible. Woe is an exclam- exclamation of misfortune on ourself. Woe is me is a, a phrase that I'm sure some of us have either heard or used. Second, woe is an exclamation of sadness over others. But it's the third woe which is at play here. A woe that is used as an exclamation of judgment, of judgment upon the Pharisees and as we will see also upon the scribes, a declaration of judgment that they should take seriously. So the first woe, which you will find in verse 42, is targeting their hypocrisy in tithing. Now, Jesus isn't saying that tithing is wrong because tithing is one, was one of God's commands. But the Pharisees were taking it to the extreme, tithing the smallest garden crop that wasn't really required of them. But at the same time, neglecting far more important matters such as genuine praise and love of God and the justice of God's people. If you want a, a datum on that, go back and reread the story of the Good Samaritan. That hel- helps to highlight the point that Jesus is making here. The second woe is rebuking the Pharisees' desire for attention. The Pharisees expected the best seats in the synagogue and for people to greet and honour them in public because of their status as holy representatives of God's, uh, of God's church, God's people upon the earth. The challenge with such things though, as we know, is that it will only elevate the Pharisees' ego, which will by default puff them up and push God down and out. Because that's just how it works the more you put yourself on the, on the throne, the more Jesus is pushed out. I won't go down that rabbit hole because I'll end up preaching on that instead. Um, and if you remember the, the, the encounter with the rich young ruler, doesn't Jesus say the first will be last and the last will be first? A lesson that these Pharisees and lawyers could well uh, heed. The third woe, which you'll find in verse 44. Jesus compares them, compares these Pharisees to unmarked graves. Unmarked graves. Now in Old Testament law, coming into contact with a with deceased person would have made them unclean, as would walking over an unmarked grave without realising it. So the consequence for those who follow the example of the Pharisees, is that they unknowingly will also become unclean before God without realising that it was the Pharisees that were leading them astray. Now it's at this point when I, I would imagine tensions are high and people are sitting there hot under the collar, getting a bit frustrated, with Jesus, which he doesn't seem to mind. That one of the scribes present uh, present at the dinner decides to speak up and throw his pennies worth into the conversation. And he says in verse 45, Teacher, in saying these things, you insult us also. Now, do you know those moments in life where... um, you regret saying something. Those moments where you shouldn't, you you, you sit there and think, I should have just kept my mouth shut there. Well, this is one of those moments. I'm sure this lawyer thought he was being really, really wise and, uh, you know, uh, in in sort of challenging Jesus and saying, well, you're insulting us as well. Well, Jesus has got something to say about that, hasn't he? Because he turns to 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 the lawyer, scribe, same thing, And he gives them three woes. He turns around and says the first woe, which you'll find in verse 46, challenges the burdens the scribes place on the people. You see, by interpreting the Old Testament law in light of all of this extra-religious pomp and tradition made it hard for the general people to be able to fulfil that which was important. Because there was just too many too many, and we looked at that, I think it was last year, back in Luke 6 or something. We looked at all of these extra laws that they put in place, laws that, you, that, that God didn't ask his people to fulfil, that man did. But what made it worse was that the scribes lacked the desire and commitment to help and support the people in keeping these laws when they were feeling the weight of them, feeling, you know, pressed down with these laws. The second woe is in verse 47, challenge their hypocritical celebrations of their forefathers. We're told in that verse that they build monuments and they celebrate their forefathers, but all the while neglecting the fact that it was their forefathers who in times, took part in the persecution of God's prophets as they would one day in the near future, in, the, in, in this context, with Jesus. Mm. It's only in a few chapters on that we'll hear Jesus lament over Jerusalem. Mm. When he g- gets closer, he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who who are sent to it, in Luke 13. And then the third woe that he gives the scribes, in verse 42, Jesus rebukes the scribes for their interpretation of Scripture. The scribes' lack of due care and attention interpreting the Scriptures have prevented those religious leaders who are responsible for the people from understanding God's true plan of salvation. Not only do the scribes refuse to step through to see it and step through this door to be saved themselves, but they are committing the ultimate crime of hindering the people from doing so also. Now I'm sure those in this room listening may well have have said to themselves, who does this person think he is? Because I'm sure some of us would have done so as well. Mm-hmm. Particularly when our egos are being scratched and, and challenged. Mm-hmm. But ultimately that is because that they are blinded by their own self-worth and religious pomp that they didn't realise actually who was standing in their presence. Yeah. God. The Son. He himself, the giver and judge of all the law that they're defending. Jesus the Christ, God the Son, was warning them of the coming judgment upon them, because of their attitudes, because of their actions, and upon their abuse and hypocrisy of the position that had been granted to them. And Jesus is well, well within his rights to do so. How can we say that? Well, John 5, 2, 2, for the Father judges no one. God the Father doesn't judge anyone, but has given all judgment to his Son. Who's his Son? Jesus. Hebrews nine twenty seven. and just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. By whom? By whom? Jesus. Jesus. To Timothy 2.1, I charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom. And if we need further convincing, listen to Jesus' authoritative condemnation he gives after his second woe to the lawyers, the woe challenging their building monuments to their fathers and their acceptance of all the persecution their forefathers had done against God's prophet. Jesus says in verse 50, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that has been shed since the beginning of the world from the blood of Abel, who was the first martyr in the Hebrew Bible, to the blood of Zechariah, the last martyr of the Hebrew Bible, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for it all. Jesus is the one who will charge and hold to account the religious leaders for their crimes. Because though at that time he had come on the mercy mission to offer hope and salvation, not just to them, to all people, which, praise God, is still the message today through his church, through us to the world. Amen indeed. But one day he will come back and that merciful Jesus will not be there. And he warns about this. He will come back as the judge, the warrior king, the judge of the world. But you see, the undertones of this warning to the religious leaders, to them then, where where Jesus is, is the same undertone through the generations. From the first religious leaders, through us, Today, to those who were ministering when Jesus returns. And just like the uh, the religious leaders in Jesus' day, God takes very seriously those whom he has entrusted to care for and lead his people and woe betide anyone who unrepentantly abuses that station and harms his church. This is not an easy message for me to write today because this directly speaks to me. There is no greater responsibility in the life of Jesus' church on earth today than that given to those who teach and disciple God's flock. Pastors who have been granted by God the responsibility to shepherd to teach and explain the scriptures to the local body in order to build them up, to inspire them, to equip them for God's work and for his purposes. Oh, from the outside, it looks great, doesn't it? You know, as pastors, we sit around and pray all day. We study scripture all day, drink tea, go for cake. Oh, it's wonderful! Ha <laughs> ha! Oh dear, oh dear. I mean, yes, let's be honest, it is an absolute honour and privilege for any pastor to be called by God to serve in this way, and it is a calling. One, not to be taken lightly, but it is a calling. But that calling comes with great responsibility. That is why church leaders must be so careful to humbly check ourselves against the moral and spiritual standards of God's Word. Check that the things we do, the things that we say, the way that we act and how we live align with God's standard. Not our standard, not the world's standard, not my standard, God's standard. That is why we should surrender ourselves and be held accountable to trusted people around us who can keep an eye on us, help us to stay on that track because this world around us is is full of snares and traps that will look to pull us off that road. Full of them. And don't think for a moment that us pastors find it easier than anybody else with the allures and the challenges of the world. We don't. We struggle with it the same as you. But we, in some respects, we just probably feel the weight of responsibility that we have to make sure we don't allow that to, to, to get hold of us. What tragedy it would be if through our own unchecked, unrepentant failings and hypocrisy, we hinder the gospel message of Jesus Christ. What a tragedy. The salvation message of life and hope and restored relationship with God the Father through the sacrificial act and resurrection of Jesus upon that cross. Jesus, the saviour of the world. And the giving ultimate invitation. What a tragedy it would be if that hindered Us being able to give that invitation of life eternal to all who would but repent and surrender their life to Jesus. What tragedy it would be if we become so consumed with the pomp and ceremony of church and our man-made traditions that we lead God's people astray. Friends, at the end of days, Jesus will sit on that beamer seat. There is no getting away from it. He will sit on that beamer seat as judge and he will look upon all of his leaders and all people, but we'll come to that next week. He will look at all his leaders over the entire span of humankind from the Pharisees and scribes to us today, those who have had responsibility to teach, and to lead God's people, and will judge us more harshly than his, uh, the, the, member, the general members of his household. As James says in his letter, we who teach will be judged more strictly. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of the responsibility he's given us. So this morning I appeal to you, the congregation, and encourage you. First and foremost, in this world of technology, where any one of you could go home today and listen to 10 different sermons from around the world, quite easily, over your cup of tea or whatever you drink, I implore you, be wise. Be wise and check the validity of whom you are allowing to minister to you. Do your best to check their life and ministry outside of the pulpit. Not just the words they're saying inside the pulpit. No, they don't have to be perfect. And please understand this we don't God isn't looking for perfect people. There is no such thing. Christ is the only perfection. Amen. Indeed. But you want to be as sure as you can be that they are a repentant, God-fearing individual who preaches the gospel of Christ and does their best to live according to God's standard. That is what you're looking for, as well as you know, looking up what they're preaching yourself in scripture, and, uh, you know, which is just a healthy practice that anyone should be doing. What a tragedy it is when we see pastors that have fallen. Fallen from grace because, or fallen from positions because they've just fell off the road, fell off the path. And even more of a tragedy is the people that have followed. The second thing, you should never be afraid to challenge any one of us elders in this fellowship. Never be afraid to come and speak to us and challenge us. If you see hypocrisy between what I stand or any one of us stands here and preaches and what we tell you to do and then how we go and live. Because what is, it, what is at stake for that and the consequence is just too high. Come and speak to us. Sometimes we don't always get it right. There are times where I might say something up here which I've allowed my mind just to wander off and it isn't actually correct. And I do thank people, particularly John, for coming and saying, and just you know, and just saying, I forget, what was, the last, what, was, what was it, John? I'd only been here about a month or two or something and I think... And he, and he said to me, do you, really, did you really, do you really think Paul wrote Hebrews? Or something like that. Because um, I'd, I'd made a comment in the, uh, you know, during the message. But actually that's healthy to do. Yeah. It's healthy to do that. And third, pray. Pray. <laughs> we need your prayer. We need your prayer. Pray for our prayer lives that they are deep and fruitful. Pray for our spirit-led understanding, application of God's word, because we need that when we study and we prepare. Pray for us as we minister in grace and love the people in this church through your hard and tough times in life. Pray for our families who often carry a big burden as we minister and pray for protection for us and for our families because the devil loves nothing more than to try and trip us up. And to God's elect church leaders, I say, and I speak to myself here as well, check, 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 daily. Check yourself daily. Check yourself daily. We must be so careful to humbly check ourselves against the moral and spiritual standards of God's words to make sure that as we minister in this church or if we minister anywhere else in the world, that we are not hypocritical in the things we do and the things we say. That we are living and working and practising as ministers of God as he expects every single one of us to do so. I do not want to be in a situation where Jesus is saying to me similar things to you saying to those Pharisees and lawyers. How could you imagine Jesus standing there uh, uh, pointing the finger at one of us leaders in the church here and saying, woe to you. Woe to you for how you have treated our people. Woe to you for how you have led this church. Woe to you for how you have you have understood scripture, how you are leading my sheep astray. God forbid that would ever, ever, ever happen. And actually, that's where having a healthy fear of God comes in because I do not want to have that conversation with Jesus. (laughs) I do not want to have it. And the last thing that I just want to say to anyone here that that is a leader in a church Just remember the the responsibility that we've accepted. Remember the responsibility. You know, when I came here, um, Billy and Sally, uh, we were out, but Billy, uh, we turned up at home. Uh, For for those who don't know, Billy was the previous pastor of the church. Um, he, He pastored here for what, 20, how long was it? 20? 26 years. And uh, we, we, me and Kelly had gone out and I turned up back at the house and there was a parcel on the floor of our, uh, of our porch. And I opened it up and there was this big, I don't even know what it's made of, but it's heavy. It's bronze or, you know, cast iron statue of a shepherd with his sheep. Big, big statue. Did anyone see it? Because apparently it was in his office. No? Okay. Well, this he had for many, many, many years on his desk. And the note that he left me was a very simple note and it was a note that said, remember the responsibility. Remember the responsibility that God has given you to shepherd and guide his people in his church. And the verse, and it came came with a little plaque, which I keep with it as well. And the verse which came with it, some of you may know, says, keep watch over yourselves and over the flock which the Holy Spirit has placed in your care. Be shepherds of the church of God. And this is the bit that tugs the heart. Which he made his own through the blood of his son. What a responsibility that church leaders have to care for Those whom Jesus went to the cross for. We need your prayers, as does every other church leader, particularly in this world that seems to do what it wants to try and kick us off from doing that. Now next week, we'll be looking at what that looks like, hypocrisy looks like, from an everyday life of the Christian so come prepared for that that's not necessarily going to be an easy one to listen to but we've got to go there we have to go there but I hope you understand the reason why I focused well the passage led that way to focus upon church leaders being wary and careful of their hypocrisy what a tragedy that would be if we got that wrong but praise God, as long as we stay focused on each other, caring for each other as a fellowship should do, watching out for each other, keeping God centre and focused in all things at all times and allowing his word to mould us, equip us, then there should be, and his Holy Spirit to guide us absolutely every day, and then by his mercy and grace, we should stay on the path. Amen. So I pray as the band comes up. And praise God my glasses stay together. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, Lord, we... Lord, we recognise that there does seem to have been an urgency and an increase in the intensity of your preaching, Lord, as you moved ever so closer to the cross. But Lord, we understand why. We understand that it is because of your great love and mercy for your created people and your deep desire that none should be lost. So, Lord, we thank you for those challenges. Lord, I thank thank you for the challenge that you gave me this week with preparing and reading that passage and how easily, how easily it could be that I fall into the same trap as the Pharisees and lawyers in my actions and what I say and any other leader in this church. But I thank you, Lord, that you gave us these examples so that we can check ourselves. we can look to ensure that we are following your ways so lord we recognize we cannot do this alone we cannot do it in our own strength because where would we be so lord we just submit ourselves afresh to you this morning we surrender ourselves before you We thank you that you went to the cross for us. We thank you that you gave us a way, a door through which we walked into newness of life, eternal life with you. And Lord, as we head off into this week, we pray that you provide us the opportunity to be able to witness to those who we come in contact with, to share your gospel, to share... And be ready to give our testimony for the hope that is in us. But Lord, I pray that if there is any hypocrisy in this church, if there is anything that we are doing that is not right, Lord, I pray that you make that clear to us so that we may rectify those ways. I pray you bless this congregation. Bless, Lord, any visitors that are here with us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing. <laughs> Blessed assurance
1: that Jesus is.
0: Say for a second in that essence of worship to you. Heavenly Father, help us to not forget that you are what we should be fixing our eyes on. And Lord, as we <coughs> finish our official time here this morning, Lord, we just pray that you'll continue to minister to us. That actually our, our songs of worship don't just stop here. But we lift up raises of hallelujah at home, in the car with our children if we've got them, if we haven't with our friends. Father, we just ask that we will be able to lift those things up in prayer to you. Because you are the author and finisher of our faith. And Lord, we might be stood there this morning, being in our, for instance, mid-30s, Lord, I don't know how much long I've got left. I could be old for my time on this earth. But Lord, I pray that you will use me and use those brothers and sisters here this morning in the way that you want us to. We ask this in the name of God our Father. Amen. Amen. Now, as Craig mentioned, we've got a Fellowship After the Service. But most importantly, if you've been uh, drawn to prayer at all or want prayer for anything, we've got our prayer corner just over there at the end of the service. Can I encourage you to just not turn away? If God's put something on your heart this morning, reach out and ask him for some prayer. Have a good week. Stay safe. And the Lord God bless you. (laughs)